You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Wow. Please grab your seats. Um, we're on for a roller coaster ride this morning because I have no idea what my voice is going to do. It's been a little bit kind of, ooh. Um, when I went for breakfast this morning, I had to say to the lady what my room number was. And uh, she says, um, oh, what's your room number? And I was like, and oh, both of us are a bit shocked by that. I was like, wow, I didn't realize I was so emotional about that room number. But it's like, so my voice is a little bit. So hopefully you can uh, handle that. Um, a lot of you um, know that um, I've been doing the Fringe for quite a few years. And um, a lot of people ask me, you know, why do you do the Edinburgh Fringe? Um, the comedy festival. I guess it's because when I was like 15, um, I used to go up to Edinburgh. So I lived in Musselburgh, just outside Edinburgh. I was 15, I used to go up to Edinburgh and I used to watch comedians absolutely ripping the name of Jesus to shreds, tearing the Christian faith apart. And I remember as a young 15, 16 year old lad saying, one day I'm going to sit and I'm going to stand on that stage and I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift his name up. And um, I, I am so excited that the last, you know, six or seven years I've had the opportunity to really kind of like stick the cross right in the central place, right in the middle of that comedy festival where people are laughing about all kinds of horrendous things where comedians are joking about all kinds of nonsense. I'm able to make people laugh, but then absolutely get the opportunity to put the cross right there. And um, I'm so excited for that. And um, it's a roller coaster ride. So basically, sometimes there's really big crowds. We sold out quite a few nights, but some nights there's hardly anybody turns up. And uh, this year was the same. Big night, then a quiet night, and big night. And I was like putting it out on social media. Oh man, Wednesday night. Wednesday night is quiet. Quiet. There's nobody coming on Wednesday. And I am just so grateful that, you know, Pastor Ben and you brought Liam, who it would appear comes on every trip with you. <laughs> He's, he wasn't meant to be on the Cambodia trip, but now he is, yeah? You told me you didn't think he was coming to the fringe, but he was on the train with you. It's like, I think we need to sort of kind of get that sorted out. But, you know, it was such an incredible encouragement. And, you know, I know you guys say, oh, you know, we love what you're doing, Mark. We support you. But, you know, just to see those guys... In that venue, you know, it was a crazy night. I don't know if you can remember it, but we had the most random guy shouting out the weirdest things, yeah? And I says, Liam, stop it, mate. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't Liam. 
But I was like, wow. Some guy took me to, he wanted to chat about, what was it, cricket? He was really shouting out random banter about cricket, which was weird. But it really thrilled my soul. And when I got home and I phoned Tams and I says, you know when you see people that like say from platforms, we support you, we're with you. But when they actually see them in the venue and you know the only reason they're there, they've got loads of other things they could be doing. But the only reason they're there is to kind of back you and support you. And it meant so much to me. So I really want to honor these guys and thank them for coming. And we're just so grateful because people were coming into the venue and were literally like just getting a flyer, coming in, hearing a load of daft stuff by me, and then hearing the message of the cross and having some powerful, powerful conversations in the courtyard after with people saying, wow, I was given a flyer. I came in, I laughed my socks off, and then boom, you got me with a cross. And I'm like, yes, praise God. That is exactly what it's for. And so I want you to keep on praying, keep on um, believing. We're getting the chance to take the cross to the most unlikely place. It's amazing, yeah? And um, I was... um, I was telling my son about coming. My Jordan, my son's 27. Um, when he was 15, um, I really wanted to take him to lots of places that I was preaching in and have him sit on the front row and be like, Dad, you are amazing, yeah? That's what I wanted, yeah? I'd read a book, and this American said that his son sits on the front row and, like, cheers him on and says, Dad, one day can I be like you? And I'm like, I want that, yeah? But um, I remember we went to Birmingham. It was about 3,000 people. I was preaching. My 15-year-old son was on the front row. And he is just bored out his head, yeah? <laughs> Everybody else is like loving it, laughing. They're with me. My son's like, oh, Yeah? And then the organizer said, listen, Mark, we've got some leaders in the side room um, at the end of the event. Would you come and answer some questions? So yeah, 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 there's about 70 leaders. I go in and um, I start answering questions. My son's sitting down there. I'm answering all these questions and I'm beginning to get a little bit pompous in my answers. And then I notice a little drink station with tea and coffee. And I just turn around to my son And I said, hey, Jordan, how about you jump up and get your dad a coffee? And in front of all these leaders, my son went, how about you jump up and get it yourself? (laughs) So, there was like a synchronized buttock clench, yeah? It was like, about 40 people went to get me coffee. It was embarrassing. The whole thing was embarrassing. And um, on the way, on the way back home in the car, I just was like, oh, Jordan, man, oh, come on, come on. How about you jump up and get it yourself? Come on. And my son turned to me and says, Dad, God has told me to keep you humble. And so, oh, wow. Wow. And I was like, well, that's good because God has told me to keep you in poverty. So it's all just going to work out nice. 
you little tart, yeah? It's like, good. So, nah, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. So, I want to pray for you. At the end of this message, I want to pray for you. Whether you've come here hundreds of times, whether this is the first few times you've come, whether or not you're feeling amazing and life is good, or whether you're sitting today and it's a bit challenging, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to take it from Ephesians chapter 3. I don't know if you've got your Bible. This is absolutely true. Everywhere I go, I like to ask ministers about their best story. And one of my mates recently, he told me that he called people forward. Now, I'm not going to do this this morning, but he called people forward to pray for them. And about eight people came forward. And he said, Mark, I'd been preaching. I was all very sweaty. I got down. I put my hand on this gentleman's head and I prayed for him. I prayed this passionate prayer. And when I lifted my hand off his head, his wig came off in my hand. He says, he's got his wig on the hand. And then he's like, How, what do you do? He goes, well, I was discreetly trying to get rid of it. I couldn't get it off my hand. So I had to pray for all the other people with the wig. Can you imagine just a little bit of wiggage? You know what I mean? Just praying for hair to suddenly, Richard, for you, your hair. For Pastor Ben, hair in Jesus' name. Like, I've not got enough faith for that. Sorry. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Amazing words. Because Paul is praying for the Ephesians. And this is what he says in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all you think and ask according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. Hallelujah. You see, what I want to pray is the same as Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I want to pray for you for three things. Firstly, I want to pray that you would be open to his flow of supernatural strength. That you would be open to the flow of God's supernatural strength. I am so aware that in this room, there's many of us and we've got challenges and we've got life and we've got businesses and we've got work and we've got relationships and we've got a lot of stuff going on and we can have big, difficult weeks and we can have lots of confusing chats and we can have relationships that are complicated and difficult. 
As I was praying about this morning, I believe that there are some people and you've got, in the next few weeks, you've got difficult decisions to make. Things that are tough and things that are hard. I know that there are people here that have got big jobs, challenging, challenging jobs, challenging things ahead of them. There's a lot of key and important people in this room and you're busy and you've got lots going on. And I want to just kind of come and say, you know, it would be amazing if, as a preacher, I could come now and I could say, God, I'm going to invite you to come to the front and God's going to magic wand away all your difficulties, all your problems and all your challenges. Sometimes that feels like what the Christian message that has come from the platform has been that God will just take away all your struggles. God will just magic wand away all your issues. But I think most of us in this room know that life does not work out like that. That there are tough things. That God does not take all our challenges away. That God does not take all our problems away. That becoming a Christian doesn't mean that now life becomes easy. And that, 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 that difficult things still happen and challenging things still come up. And problems are still there. And there's sometimes that moment of realizing that, wow, God, it's like, I wish you could come and take all this away from me, but, but, but you're not going to do that. And today we're going to leave this room and for many of us, our circumstances are not going to be different. They're not going to be changed. But you see, I want to pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. That God's inner power, sorry for that, God's inner power would absolutely surge into your being and that you would have this inner strength that comes from God, that God would strengthen your inner man, that you would leave this place. Maybe your situation will not be different. Maybe your circumstances will still be the same, but you will have a power inside of you, a strength inside of you that will mean that you will be able to get through this week and you will be victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, I want you to know there is no enemy or obstacle in our lives today that we cannot overcome through Christ. Nothing that life is going to chuck up at you this week can overcome you because you have got Jesus inside of you, inside your inner being, helping you, strengthening you. See, um, a little while ago, I did this um, uh, three peaks. Some of you have heard of it. Highest mountain in Scotland, highest mountain in England, highest mountain in Wales. And uh, you we did it in 24 hours. <sighs> it was tough. And uh, we drove ourselves, the three of us, drove ourselves between the mountains. So we were absolutely shattered. When we did the Scottish mountain, I know a lot of you know this, but God lives in Scotland. So <laughs> it was easy. It was beautiful, just prancing up the mountain, seeing the beautiful sights, lovely. Then we got 
down and then we got in the car and we went to the English mountain in the Lake District, the highest mountain. Oh my goodness. We were like climbing that at like 3 a.m. And the three of us are going up there. Have you ever got so tired, so tired, that the people around you, anything, anything that they do, does your head in? Have you ever got to that? Even the way that they breathe, yeah? Have you got to that point? Honestly, my wife once said to me, you're really annoying me. I went, what am I doing? She goes, "Just, just the look on your face is annoying me. Great to be married. So, I was so tired. The two guys, we were absolutely shattered. We're going up this mountain, and the terrain was difficult, and we could see the mountain top, and it was so far away, and it was so difficult. And then we had a little stop, and we had a fuel stop, and we took on some food, and we took on some, you know, chocolate and some fruit and some energy drink, and after 20 minutes, we stood back up. We were ready to go again. And listen, the terrain had not changed. The mountaintop was still as far away as ever. But now there was a fuel inside of us that meant that we could get to the top of the mountain. And you know, God may not take away your issue. God may not take away your struggle today. But what can happen is that at the end of the service, God can fill you with his power. He can fill you with his strength and that you can get to the top of that mountain. Amen. Amen. Wow. So I'm going to pray that you would be open to the flow of his supernatural strength. I want to pray that you would be open to his superlative love. That you would be open to God's superlative love. Wow, God is awesome and powerful and holy and his love for you is more incredible than you could ever dream or imagine. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ for you? God is a fan of yours. He loves you. He thinks that you're great. See, I meet people, of course I do, in what I'm doing. And they say to me things like, I don't believe in God. And they're really in my face. I don't believe in God. And I always say, wow, I know one thing. God believes in you. And it's like, you know, I know that people come and they're like, you know, they're throwing their fist up at God and they're angry at God. But I want to say that God's love for you is so strong. His heart beats fast for you. And I want you to understand that God's love comes and flows over your heart. See, um, my, uh, my mom and dad for quite a long time, there were ministers up in a place called Fraserborough, which is north of Aberdeen. I always call it Fraserborough, yeah? Because it is freezing all the time. And the beaches there are beautiful. These big, white beaches, they're glorious. And I've got a favorite beach that I would walk with my dad. And it is so incredible. Miles of white sand, beautiful. These incredible waves, lovely. And then I went up there one time and my dad said, oh, Mark, 
um, some joyriders got a hold of a car, screamed it through their little villages, and then took it onto the beach and burnt it out. And sure enough, we saw it on the beach there, this burnt out car, this absolute wreckage, and it's such a scar on the beach. Well, you know, a few months later, I was up there visiting my parents, and there was a massive storm. And this huge storm, I've never seen waves the size that they were. They were incredible. And the next morning, my dad and me went on our favorite beach. And unbelievably, the waves had been so big and strong that they had come in onto the beach and they had lifted up the wreckage and they had cleared the wreckage completely off the beach. You could now no longer see the burnt out car. You could now no longer even see the scars on the beach of the oil and the wreckage that had been there. And my friend, you know, I want to say and be honest on this Sunday. I want to say we're all got our baggage and our wreckage and our stuff. I'm not up here as some kind of preacher that's doing life amazing and wow, I'm like, look at me. Every one of us, me included, every one of us, I spent a bit of time with Ben, Ben included. We are all, we're all messed up. We're all broken. We've all got our stuff. And you know, you might be sitting here today and you've got some wreckage that you are maybe a bit embarrassed about or your brokenness you're a bit ashamed of. You're like, ah, Mark, if you knew like my stuff. But you know, I want to say that the power of the wave of forgiveness, the beautiful wave of God's forgiveness comes crashing onto our soul and picks up all of our wreckage and wipes it completely clean. Hallelujah. Completely clean. That our soul is wiped completely clean. You know, we're not Christians that are saying we get it all right. We're Christians that are saying We're broken people that have got wreckage that God has wiped completely clean. And that can be for you today, friend, that you could know God's complete power of the wave of forgiveness, that it would wash over your soul and wipe you completely clean. See, I want to say this. I believe in counseling. I've had counseling And a lot of you in the room maybe have had some therapy or some counseling. I believe in all of that. But I also believe in this, that sometimes in one moment, God can take away stuff that would take 10 years of counseling. God, the power of his love can even take away the scar. Some of us have dealt with the wreckage, but we've still got the scar on our soul of what happened 5, 10, 20 years ago. And it's still there and it's still a mark on our soul. But you know what I loved about that story is that the wave came and not only took the wreckage, but it took away even the sign, even the scar that there had ever been. And I believe that God can clean us and sort us to such a degree that he can even take away. You say, but my dad left me when I was a kid. Or you say, you don't understand what it was like being brought up by an alcoholic mother. Or you say to me, you don't know what it's like when you're abused. 
And of course, I don't know your pain, but what I do know is that the love of Christ is deep and strong and powerful and can come and can wash your soul completely clean. And we're going to be open at the end to his superlative love. When um, Does anybody remember? My, my kids, when it's Christmas, they want apple products. And I'm old, so I say to my son, when I was a kid, I also got apple products, yeah? <laughs> An apple, yeah? But one of the presents we did get our kid when we were young was, do you remember Etch-a-Sketch? Do you remember Etch-a-Sketch? You like do your little drawing and then you can wipe it completely clean, yeah? And um, my son used to come. This is a nightmare as a dad when your son comes up to you and he's like, oh, I've drawn you something, daddy, daddy, I've drawn you. And you're like, oh, it's a, it's a giraffe. And he's like, no, it's a rocket. No, daddy, it's you. Oh, come on. That's not right. But you know, my little boy is having a go. He's trying. But then he's able to wipe it completely clean. And in this room today, we're having a go. We're trying our best. Many of us, we're not bad people, but we're having a go. But the story is that our best is not good enough. There's, like we try and we make mistakes and stuff goes wrong. But this is the deal. The blood of Jesus Christ comes and washes us completely clean. That absolutely there is no flaw on me because Jesus took it at the cross. There is no flaw on you because Jesus took it at the cross. And at the end, in a couple of minutes, we're going to get the opportunity just to say, God, would you take away our wreckage? Would you take away our brokenness? Here's the third and last thing that I want to pray for you for. And that is that you would be open to his supreme power. That you would be open to God's supreme power. God is magnificent. God is awesome. God is powerful. God is glorious. God is awesome. And he is here. And I want us to come before God and bring our requests. And at the end, we're going to get the chance to come before God and say, God, this is what I would like you to do. And I'm going to urge you that you would come and that you would know who you're dealing with because God is a glorious God. And we come before a powerful, powerful God. In a minute, the band are going to come back. I wanted to tell you, I, I got the chance to preach in America. When I was 26, I got, um, a church got in contact with me from America. I was just a young guy. I was an evangelist in the UK, doing my stuff. And I got asked to go out to America and preach in this massive church. And there was 3,000 people in this church. And it was a great time. And I got the chance to preach on a Sunday, and it was wonderful. And then they said to me, Mark, on Wednesday, we would like you to um, meet our missions board. And they says, um, we would like you to ask us anything that you're doing in the UK. Ask us for resource 
and we'll pray about it and see if we can help you. And I'm like, wow, I was absolutely gobsmacked by this. And I was like amazed and I was like, yes, God. And so I prayed and I really called on God and then I was outside the office waiting to go in and pacing around and I'm like, do you know what? I am going to ask them for 150 pounds. Because I really believed in this little mission I was doing and I needed 150 pound for it. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to ask. And as I'm just praying and getting ready, this old gentleman who's an old elder in the church, he's coming past and he shook my hand and he said, Mark, um, thank you so much for the preach on Sunday. I was like, oh, it was such an honor. And he said, "Um, you're going to see the mission board. And I said, yeah. He goes, can I ask you, what are you going to ask them for? And I took a big gulp and I said, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to ask for 150 pound. And this old gentleman looked at me and he says, Mark, this mission board that you're dealing with is one of the biggest mission boards in this whole state. They've got huge resource. Do not go in there and ask for 150 pound. Because if you do, they will give you 150 pound. He says, think a little bit bigger. I went away and I called on God and I cried out to God and I says, okay, God, come on. And I really called on God and we were doing this school's project and I came and I was like, wow, I'm going to ask them for 10,000 pounds. And I went into this mission board and I did that. I says, you know, this school project that we're doing, we need 10,000 pounds. And they went away and they prayed about it and they came back and said, Mark, we would love, we would love to give you 10,000 pounds. And the only thing I could think of was, why did I not ask them for 20,000 pounds? Why didn't I do that? But some of you already know what I want to communicate to your soul. And that is that we come before an incredible and an awesome God. Oh, my friend, don't come in the next couple of moments when we're going to call on God. Let's not ask for small change. Let's not ask God for something little. But let's come before a holy and mighty God, a powerful God. Some of us in this room, we're believing for healing. Some of us in this room, we're believing God to do something in our finances. Some of us are believing God to do something so powerful and so enormous. And I want to encourage you that you would come again before a God of resource, before a God who has so much bounty and so much blessing, that we would come before God and we would say, God, would you pour it out? Would you give us? And God Let's see what God will do. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.